Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up, inspiring health stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. Go ahead, hit subscribe on YouTube, turn on those notifications and connect with me on LinkedIn because I'd love to stay connected with you. Now, today I'm talking to a mom who needed a minute or five or 10 or 20, like all moms do. Now, she is a journalist, a former entertainment TV news reporter turned entrepreneur during the pandemic. And today we're talking about the products she created to give herself and other moms a minute while also giving back to families who are food insecure. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Today, I am so excited to meet Sophie Shalacy. Hopefully, I got that right. <laughs> yes, you did. Yay. <laughs> I had a, you know, a little a, a, a cheater <laughs> course before this to make sure no, I got it right. Good. <laughs> but I'm excited to meet you. Thanks for being here with me today. And you're calling in from L.A. Oh, no, I'm not in L.A. anymore, actually. No. Um, thank you for having me. First of all, I actually just relocated from L.A. I'm in upstate New York now. OK. Um, moved back home to my roots. Awesome. And uh, yeah, loving it so far. Northeast girl like myself. So you're definitely yes. <laughs> we definitely have that in common. I'm from Jersey, but that's a big change, right? Going from yes. L.A. to upstate New York. Very different. I was in L.A. for about 10 years um, as an entertainment reporter, and I loved it out there. It was super, you know, fun and exciting and a great thing to do in my 20s. And then I <laughs> had kids and found that um, I really kind of wanted to bring them back home and mm. and create a little bit of a more comfortable life for them here. Take us through the journey, because you just mentioned being an entertainment reporter in L.A. Yes. Um, my background is in journalism, but in local TV news, general assignment. So definitely a different world. Uh, but tell from me the same cloth though, cut from the same cloth. I would say yes, for sure. For sure. Um, I actually <laughs> interned in CNN Los at CNN Los Angeles. So oh, cool. I, I definitely spent a lot of time at junkets and red carpets. So I got a taste for for that life. And it's not oh, easy. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not as glamorous as it looks. And um, people ask me all the time if I miss it because I I left my job. I was um, a contributing correspondent for Entertainment Tonight. I worked primarily in their digital space. So I did a lot of writing articles for them. I did a lot of um, on camera reporting and I produced a lot of my own content. Um, and then a lot of my stuff was also used on broadcast. And so uh when they saw me on tv that was really cool and i was always you know interviewing blake shelton and like doing stuff for the voice and going to the grammys and i covered a lot of music so um i was at all the award shows and all the junkets like you said and and that's what people see about the job and what they don't see is you know the five days a week 
seven days a week, really, the stuff that you're doing right. off camera. Um, you know, the the hidden side of it <laughs> that is not as glamorous or fun as it may look. Um, so I'm really happy with my decision to kind of step away. I, I look back on that time very fondly and I have great relationships still with all the people that I absolutely with at that time. And I feel like um, the people in the business are just like some of the best, like most hardworking, like, oh, yeah, can do work so fast, like that deadline driven, like intense yeah. nature. Like we all have to be like a little bit crazy. <laughs> that's a good way to put it it's a different world a totally different world than like any other job and I like that you mentioned like the, the things that people don't see like I, I've even told friends like hey we don't really have like access to bathrooms like most of oh, our shift yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like just oh my simple gosh. things that you take for granted like being in an office or working from yeah. home <laughs> yeah I have a couple like red carpet stories of like not being able to access a bathroom or like I uh, times when I was like pregnant and had morning sickness and couldn't tell anyone I had to like not take certain assignments because I knew that a I couldn't travel and at certain points in the pregnancy and then early on I knew that it was going to take me too long in traffic to get somewhere and then I was going to have to stand on the red carpet and I knew that like some red carpets were a little less reliable than others in terms of like how the timing was going to go like sometimes you got right. held there for hours and hours and hours and hours and I in my first trimester with my daughter like needed to eat every two hours or I would pass out I ended up telling my boss pretty early on when I was like eight weeks pregnant because I was like girl, I can't do this. Like, I Give me a couple more weeks until I'm like feeling human again, but I'm going to throw up if I if you send me on this red carpet. I can't do it. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I mean, there's so many wild aspects to the business. And, you know, I've, I've spoken with several journalists or former journalists on this show who have gone on to, you know, create their own series or, you know, storytelling sure. is still in some aspect a part of our lives. We're like always journalists yes. at the end of the day. So I'm really curious as to, you know, why you really decided to step away other than, you know, some of the crazy things we were just mentioning. But was there more (laughs) was there more to it than than just that? Or was it the time in your life? Like, what was the reason? Um, I mean, it it was certainly a season of my life. And I I took my maternity leave with my daughter and I went back to work and I stayed for about six months. And at the time, the company was in a bit of a transition period. Do you ever have the feeling like when you have a job and you are out sick or something, half of your mind is at at your job? At least it was for me. Like I felt like that was like I was not where I was supposed to be Mm. at that time. I don't know if you can relate to that sensation at all, but like um, I before I had kids, I would get that sensation about work. Like if something was different, it would be like, oh, this I'm supposed to be over there right now. And then when I had my daughter, it completely reversed. Like when I was home, I felt like that was where I was supposed to be. And when I was at work, I felt like that was not where I was supposed mm. to be. I was very, had a very uneasy feeling about it. And um, I just really wanted more flexibility in my life. I didn't want to be working as many hours and traveling as much as I had been. And um, I just felt like I could really make a tangible difference in my daughter's life being home with her um, that I couldn't necessarily make at the office now to be able to kind of start my own company and um, channel that creatively has been 
uh, I recognize that I'm very lucky to be able to do that. It, it sounds like you were saying, hey, when you were not at work before you had your daughter, that your mind was always like, okay, it, it you were it was never off. Like you were never mm-hmm. off. <laughs> you yeah, were never. No, you're not. And journal, and regardless of, I think whatever kind of journalism you do, like it it doesn't turn off. No, because you just always have to know what's going on, be clued in, and mm-hmm. oh my goodness, yeah. And I, to your point <laughs> about the storytelling, to your point about the storytelling, it was yeah. like, I I kind of boiled down like the very baseline of what I was passionate about and what I wanted to do with my life. And I found that the very lowest level of like what I cared about was storytelling. And I I see that that's a common thread, I think, between you and I and between so many people. And, right. Um, specifically in my experience, I wanted to, as an extension of that, help parents, um, new parents specifically. Storytelling at the end of the day was like really what captivated us or that we are in general are att- attracted to about the business. And that's mm-hmm. still the thing that we love. And it's still a thing that we can now pivot or transition into this new part of our lives, like however that evolves and changes. Yeah. So, and there's so many different avenues to do that now. It doesn't have to be exactly, the exactly. Yeah, um, I think that's why you kind of see this mass exodus from the business as well, totally. or like people who are doing it for like two years, four years, five years, six years, and mm-hmm. like, okay, this is not going to be my forever. So yeah. now. Tell me about how you did make that kind of transition and found like a new love with what with what you're doing. So this wasn't immediately what I had um, on my mind in terms of my company. I sell sensory based busy boxes. It's called Mom Needs a Minute. And the very like baseline of how that started was it came out of the pandemic, actually, because I had a brand new baby and I had a 19 month old toddler and I had zero help we were in total isolation oh my goodness you had your hands full especially at that time you think about march of 2020 nobody really understood how covid spread nobody really like we that was the time when like you were wiping down your groceries and like amazon packages and like right it was really scary and they we didn't have any information about a how it spread and b about how it affected newborns so you certainly with a newborn baby, you don't want to become like the test subject. Like you don't want to be the one to get it and like see how it affects a baby. So um, we were recommended to go into total isolation and we stayed there for about two months. And with like a 19 month old, they are not low maintenance. Mine is not low maintenance. (laughs) And so I was desperate for things to entertain her in the house all the time. And so I started really, um, building a lot of my own like sensory bins and busy boxes and things to keep her occupied. And I found um, I found a lot of what worked and what didn't for her. And then now that my son has grown to now, my son is almost 19 months old and my daughter is three. And um, so now I'm I'm experimenting with things on both of them and seeing what works at different age groups and different personalities and all that stuff. And I really um, I want to support parents who just need a minute. And so I had seen that like there are some or five or 10 or (laughs) 20. Um, The list goes on. No, I had seen that there are a lot of like sensory bins and things like that that you can buy. And 
I was looking at them and I've tried out a few and I found that not a lot of them gave the child like my child uh, a lot of independent play. Um, it was a lot of her looking to me to help her to be involved with her. And certainly I want to be involved and play with my daughter. But if the point of giving her this activity is so that I can have a minute to unload the dishwasher or fold a load of laundry or drink my coffee, something, you know, right. um, I want her to be able to play independently. And so I didn't see anything that really was on the market to help kids to truly keep them occupied, at least not my daughter. So I built it. I made a box that had not only like a sensory base, which is hugely beneficial for development, um, but it also has some activities in there and just more things to keep them occupied and to keep their attention and, and things that you can use and reuse time and time again. Total isolation for two months. Like yes. what does that mean? <laughs> it was just myself, my husband, my 19 month old daughter and my newborn son and our two dogs. And we just were in the house. And you did not leave. Nope. We had groceries delivered. Um, we would get like food deliveries and things like that, but we did not leave. We're fortunate that we had a house with a backyard. So we would go in the backyard or, you know, take walks and things like that. But even at that time, if you think back to it, people were at least in LA, like even outside, you weren't really recommended to be in close contact with anybody. It was different than it is now. And, um, particularly we were extraordinarily cautious on account of having a brand new newborn baby right. and, and no information. There was zero information at that time about right. how it affected newborns. So, and, and if you think about it, like newborns, the most fragile thing to come out of them is their lungs. So it was like not worth taking any risks for. Right. And that just, little man. And, and in general, right, there was just a yeah. lack of information, like mm -hmm. not a lot of knowledge on how to treat this and how it was really going to affect people. And then that, you know, how varied the symptoms would be across everyone. Like there was just so many unknowns that we know right now. So it's like the stress and anxiety that comes with the not knowing and like, yeah. whoa, we're in lockdown. And then just... In general, I could imagine I haven't been in that position, but all the emotions and everything that comes along with, you know, being pregnant and just having a baby and then oh, also yeah, the postpartum and fourth right. trimester, they call it, you know, you're not right. sleeping. And I was breastfeeding my son, too. And like at that time, lactation consultants were not doing house visits. I couldn't. See I had. A, yeah. So a friend go through the same thing first time moms who were, mm -hmm. you know, navigating that totally alone and not having all the resources that you would hope to have. But um, I mean, it, it was certainly it was a hard time for everybody, I think. You started creating these sensory boxes, um, you know, so that your daughter could have this independent play. Um, mm -hmm. At what point did you realize this was not just going to be something for your daughter and that you could build into a business? Not until um, we moved back here to Rochester, actually, I um, started seeing more of the products like for sale on Etsy and things like that. And I had some mom friends sending me these like dough kits that were available. And I remember looking at them and being like, 
I can make those. And I, I make better versions of those and people actually sell these like what? (laughs) And, um, so then I started kind of, I did a test run first. I packaged up some boxes and I gave them out for free to some of my friends and people that they knew. And I collected some feedback on them. I don't have a business background at all. So I started doing some online courses about business and um, talking to some friends who have launched their own small businesses and uh, kind of setting it up to explore where it went. And it was something that I didn't, I'd had never really thought about before. And then once I started getting into like learning about it, I got very interested in it. And I was able to find a balance here of like something that I enjoy doing that helps my kids and also like elevates myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. So, so you realize that, Hey, other people are building, you know, something like it, but I know I can do it better. This could be a business. Mm -hmm. Then you're exploring it and you're like, Hey, this is something that really fulfills. Like, it seems like, different areas of your life, like personally with your kids, but then like is fulfilling you in, a, in your own professional way that you're able yeah. to kind of like keep growing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, that's and I kind of awesome. I, I, yeah, thanks. I said this before, but um, the whole when we were talking about coming down to like the ultimate why of why right. I do things, it's it's really to um, help parents and families. That's the ultimate why of everything that I do that's goes out into the world. So my writing, my business, um, I had a blog before this, so I still have the blog, but that was kind of the first thing that I did when I was home with my daughter, I started writing as a creative outlet for myself. And, oh, that is always what I want to do is help parents and help them feel supported, seen, um, in whatever way this, this is just the best way I think that I, know how to lift up other parents and and the best thing that I can offer to this community because I really did feel like when I had my daughter I was welcomed with open arms into this community of parents and I had a lot of support coming my way but when I became a parent I had a lot of people reaching out and and helping me and in whatever way that they could offering words of advice and um, so I really want to pay it forward and, and keep that good going by lifting up other parents in the best way I think that I can. Absolutely. So tell me, how has it been what we're, I don't know, a year and a half into this pandemic <laughs> in, of which this business was born? How's the business going? Yes. Who is this right for? Who is really, you know, kind of finding your your busy boxes and, and what are they yeah. saying? It's going really well. It's, uh, you know, I'm starting my kind of overall business strategy with it was to just start small, collect feedback and keep going. So the boxes are really evolving as I go and as people order them. I started out with kind of a core base of themed boxes. So there's one that's um, kind of like H2O themed and it's got water beads and kinetic sand and water painting. And um, then I have another one that's mm-hmm. called Silly Guys because that's something my daughter would do is make silly guys with Play-Doh. So it's a rainbow of uh, homemade taste safe Play-Doh and it comes with everything you need to mm-hmm. create guys like pipe cleaners, feathers, googly eyes, like shapes, all sorts of things. So you can make silly faces and, and that also comes with 
you know, all boxes come with coloring sheets. So you can um, specifically for the silly guys box, the coloring sheet that comes with that one is like an emotional intelligence one. So it's all about emotions and it's a bunch of different faces all, you know, expressing different things. And it's a great tool, I think, for um, toddlers, even young toddlers to uh, talk to them about what the uh, person in the picture might be feeling. And recently this month, I launched a seasonal subscription service. And so that is a little bit of a smaller package and it's just for that month. So it, um, the one that I did in October was Halloween themed. So it had some Halloween dough and, um, it had like a black bean sensory base and different like crystals and pom-poms and like felt tools and all sorts of cool stuff. And then for November, there's a harvest box and that's all about like the harvest and the crops and there's corn. And that is something I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from because I think people like the idea of not having to go on and look for something. They just know they can rely on it, that it's coming to them every month and they get it at a little bit of a lower price point um, because they're subscribed. So finding out what people need. I The benefit to being in my position is that I know a lot of what other right. moms need because I am them. I do have a toddler and a younger one and um, they are the ultimate test subjects because yeah. there are times where I'm like playing with them and I'll, you know, in my frazzled state of trying to get things done, I just throw something together for them and I'm like, oh, light bulb, that's a great idea. That would be a super like great thing to have in my back pocket all the time. Let me package this up and then I'll push it out. And um, so we're just kind of growing every day, which is really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that sensory-based play is really important. So for yes. those of us who might not know what that means, what yes. exactly does that mean and why is it important? Okay, so sensory play is just basically a fun activity that engages one or more of the five senses. So touch, taste, sight, sound, and smell. And a lot of people think that sensory play is just touch, and that is a huge part of it. So all of my busy boxes, which makes them a little bit different than some of the other things you'll see on the market, they come with a sensory base, whether that is rainbow rice or kinetic sand or even like dried beans, um, all sorts of different things. That's the base of it. And you can keep it, reuse it. You can put all sorts of fun things in it, give kids tools like tweezers or whatever to work on their fine motor. That's another big aspect of it. Um, but also like they have the dough, which is a totally different tactile texture and they're seeing different colors and they're smelling different smells. The dough has kind of a natural scent to it. And um, e each box has different sensory uh, aspects to it, but we're also supporting cognitive development, fine motor skills, language development, playing with sensory things also encourages problem solving and mindfulness. It's really great in terms of getting the kids excited when you introduce them to this box for the first time. They're very excited. It's a fun thing, but it can also be very calming. If they're having a big moment with a lot of big feelings, it can be something that brings them back down to earth and helps them rest and relax. So it does actually tackle kind of both things. And uh, sensory play, I think, kind of came into the zeitgeist uh, for kids with autism. Right. It's known to be hugely beneficial for kids on the spectrum. But now we do know that it is beneficial for everybody. And uh, I actually was exposed to it 
pretty early on because my brother's on the spectrum. So I had not heard about really sensory as a kid until my brother started doing all these things that now are very common and popular, like um, dry brushing. I remember he was doing dry brushing as a kid and um, rolling on a yoga ball and Uh all that kind of stuff and like grounding kind of things, things that are very like cool and trendy to do now for wellness. Right. Um, So now we know that all these things are hugely beneficial for literally everyone. And it's a super natural way for kids to explore the world around them and anything outside is great sensory play. Um, but for kids on the spectrum specifically, the the thing that's beneficial about it is that everyday sights and sounds that we take for granted can be super overwhelming, overwhelming and, and yeah. overly stimulating for them. So being able to stimulate their senses in more of a playful, controlled environment way, it helps to strengthen those neural connections and it supports their development just across the board. And it's interesting because it made me think to literally um, – an episode I shot just a couple of weeks ago that will probably come out like a few weeks before this one airs. So um, people have already seen it, but it's called Calm Strips. And and you're like, you're mentioning how like the touch and everything, these certain things can be calming. And this uh, man, he was, you know, just has some anxieties and was working in retail at Apple stores. So you can imagine how busy things get there. And he was like looking for a solution that would calm him down in those situations and was like using carpenter's tape on the back of his phone to like use that to kind of touch. And he developed I feel these like I've calm seen strips. This product. Yes. Okay. Maybe, That's you so know, cool. I'm, I'm not surprised if you, since you're in this, in this world <laughs> that you've seen it. And it's like, they're in schools, but you know, they also, awesome. you know, adults have them and like you could actually just put them on the back of devices, your phone and like it, there's all different textures. So yeah. that was really where I first had this conversation with him. I'm like, hmm, I've never used these kind of like I've heard of the fidget spinners and that was right. like popular at one point. But he's like, you know what? Sometimes simpler is better. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to this, but just kind of hearing like the benefits across the board. Um, you know, whether, you know, you're on the spectrum or or not or whatever kind of, you know, developmental uh, thing there may or not not, may or may not be there. It's just overall, it sounds like that's something that can be helpful. Absolutely. You think about, you know, little kids, whether wherever they're at developmentally like they're everything is new to them when in that first year. I also um, came up with a busy box that was for babies um because i do think sensory is such a buzzy thing right now for all parents parents want to get on board with babies and there's only so much you can do with the choking hazards and all that food is a great way like once your little one is eating solids just like touching the food and tasting it and smearing it everywhere as much (laughs) as it gives us anxiety as parents it's like beautiful for them to be doing that So I and I'm like seeing all this marketing when you're talking about your product, because I'm like, you know what? This is geared towards kids where it's like, hey, Mm -hmm. this is beneficial to them. But then Mm -hmm. there's the side of it that's like, hey, because it's called mom needs a minute. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. No, this is geared towards parents. Absolutely. (laughs) This is something that um, I am trying to it's. It's a child's product, but it is for mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, caretaker. Like that is who I am lifting up right now, because I think a lot of times you end up plopping your kid in front of a screen or whatever. And certainly I 
don't think there's anything wrong with screen time in moderation. I'm not anti screen time in, in any way, shape or form, but certainly I don't want my child in front of it all day, every day. And I think that having some of these tools in your back pocket, having some of these like busy boxes stored away can be a really great way for you as a parent or as a caregiver to provide your child with an enriching experience that you can feel good about while you also get to take back some time for yourself. So it's really just a win-win and I want parents to feel like they can take that time for themselves and not feel guilty about what they're putting their kid in front of. So I want to go back to the pandemic as you're developing these. Did mom get her minute? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I get more now that both kids can play with them. There you go. No, but it was great. I mean, when, when I was truly when I was breastfeeding my son, like I, it's hard to explain to a 19 month old that like I'm glued to a couch right now for 20 minutes and you need to figure it out, like go do something else. So um, it's nice to have some of these things up your sleeve, too. I didn't really get a minute for me, but I did get a minute to take care of my baby, which is certainly worth something. Absolutely. Obviously, you know what that's like having your hands full and still in this, you know, even where we are right now in the pandemic, things are better, but it's still from virtual schooling and just all that's going on. It's not an easy time for for parents. So is there a tip that like really helped you or that you would give that's something that's easy to kind of implement that just kind of recentered you or brought you back to your own health and wellness? The thing that made me feel most like myself, you know, you want to say like, get all the sleep that you can, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Like that's just not, you absolutely should get all the sleep that you can, but it's always not realistic, which is super annoying when people are constantly (laughs) like, oh, make sure you get that sleep in. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll try. Um, But I did just a few very small things that were like indulgent to myself. Uh, First of all, I drank a lot of water. I guess that's the number one thing. If you are a new mom, particularly if you're breastfeeding, even if you're not like guzzle water. And if you think you've had enough water, you haven't guzzle some more water, water, water all the time. And, um, the thing that I did to like treat myself and kind of help my mental health a little bit, I splurged on some nice like skincare products mm. right before I had my daughter, just like some under eye cream and like some nice creams and face wash and stuff like that, because it was a simple kind of a quick thing. Like you don't get a shower every day. So it's like when you do, when you have a second to like when mom gets her minute, um, <laughs> if you can shower or like even if you can't shower if you can just wash your face or like literally just put this eye cream on like it helped me feel like I was doing something to take care of myself and that might look different for somebody else it might be another like indulgent thing maybe it's like painting your nails or maybe it's maybe it has nothing to do with beauty maybe it's something totally different but for me that was what I think made me feel um sane but overall uh accept help accept help, accept help, don't feel the need to host anybody. And to that point, I always just think there's a general PSA for even if if you are not somebody who has kids, but you have friends or family members having kids, like just make sure to check on mama, not always the baby, just make sure mama's doing okay. And these boxes, the subscriptions specifically, make a really great gift for like a godchild or a grandchild like even if you're not the one primarily taking care of the kid these are amazing especially if mom is having a second baby and you need to keep the first one occupied these are a godsend 
I love the give back aspect of these boxes as well. And we didn't touch on that. Um, for every, and I'm, I wrote down one box, five meals. Do I have that yes, right? So tell me do. a little bit more about what that means. One box, five meals. So <laughs> again, coming back to my ultimate why supporting parents, supporting families, I wanted this to be a company that was doing good in the world beyond helping the parents who are buying the boxes. Of course, you know, my, that's the product. It's an activity and it's experience. And I want you to be lifted up. I want you to be supported and helped and, and to enjoy your experience of having this box. But I also donate five meals to Feeding America for every one box that I sell. Um, the reason behind that is that households with children are more likely to experience food insecurity and the pandemic specifically has most impacted families that were already facing hunger or one paycheck away from facing hunger and also due to the pandemic more than 42 million people may experience food insecurity and that includes a potential 13 million children and that's just so devastating to me and With the nature of sensory play, um, there is an aspect of or a debate over food waste associated with it. Because as I mentioned, we use like dried beans and the dough comes from flour and salt. And there's definitely some conflict there about, you know, using food for sensory play because it is a proven method. It's great. And it's a great way to um, encourage these developmental milestones and, and, uh, you know, it's a great way to expose our kids to all these different textures and things without exposing them to mystery chemicals or like weird mm. things in store-bought big box products. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's often more taste safe than some other options. So it's using food as a sensory base is hugely beneficial in a million ways. And I believe wholeheartedly in that, but I also believe in supporting families who are food insecure and um, giving back. So I hope that by supporting the company and giving your child this enriching experience and feeling good about the products used together, we can also support um, families facing hunger and, and, you know, do some good that way. Absolutely. You know, there's so so much purpose in in what you do. So thanks for sharing that. And thanks for for doing that as well. And I want to ask how people can find you, learn more about you, connect with you, and also buy your sensory boxes. Yes. The website is shopmomneedsaminute.com. Um, I have it on this board right here. I don't know if you can see it behind <laughs> me. The visual yes, shopmomneedsaminute.com. Oh, perfect. And um, on Instagram, it's at shopmomneedsaminute. And um, I'm Sophie Shalacy. My handle is at Sophie Shalacy. And um, I'll make sure to link to all that below in the show notes as well so that people can find you you and check out your boxes. And hey, you know, there, hey, mom is helping herself get a minute. She is (laughs) enriching her child's play and also at the same time helping giving giving back to families who are food insecure. So thank you for that. This has been great. So much for having me. Yes. I I hope that people can feel really good about supporting this product and supporting this business. I I really am trying to, I'm trying to help you guys and, and just, you know, do my small part in the world. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And honestly, I I learned from you today. So (laughs) So (laughs) happy to share your story and your message and what you're doing with 
everyone else. So thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to meet you. I hope you enjoyed meeting Sophie Shalacy and hearing her story, also learning more about sensory play, the importance of it, and how all kids and, hey, even adults can benefit from it. Now, her busy boxes are perfect for moms, not only all year long, but especially this time of year. It's a great holiday gift, and also especially this time of year when so many families who are in need need that extra help. She's going the extra mile to make sure they get it with every purchase. So make sure you go below, find her information below in the show notes. Also find mine if you're not connected with me as well. I wanna make sure I find you on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube, hit subscribe there. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the places. So make sure we stay connected because you know we come back each and every week with new episodes and I wouldn't want you to miss out. So until I see you next back next week, because I know I'll see you then, stay happy, stay healthy.